Hi, welcome to Season 2, Episode 7 of the Pictures Out There podcast series with Lee Stewart and Dave Fogelman. Dave and Lee begin a two-part miniseries called Creating Pictures in a Messy World with today's topic, to act or not to act. That is the question. We live and have always lived in a messy world. How do we move forward and act on our pictures, our dreams, when our world and our life isn't clean and pristine? There is a way. And now, here's Dave and Lee. Thank you, Candy. Hi, this is Dave. And this is Lee. And welcome to the Pictures Out There podcast series. Today is part one of a two-part mini-series, we'll call it, that we call Creating Pictures in a Messy World. Mm. Yeah. So our topic today in this first part is to act or not to act. That is the question. To act or not to act. Yeah, you did this. You that did is it the much question. better. I like your accent better. Much more <laughs> Shakespearean. Okay, here we go. So should we act or should we just react? And what is perfect anyway in this messy world of ours? And we have to ask ourselves a question. Do I have a place in this messy world? A life to live that's uniquely mine and that the world needs. And we would say yes, mm-hmm. emphatically. But our world is a mess. But the world has always been a mess. Lee, my gosh, war, famine. Pestilence, hunger. Yeah, yeah. poverty, caste Natural systems, disasters. Slavery. Yes. Mass abuse of groups. There really hadn't been a period of time in our world, in our globe, that there hasn't been a lot of mess. And we can even take that down to a more personal level. Let's think about jobs that we have. Mm-hmm. You know, do any jobs that we have not have a lot of mess, mess to, to them? them? Yeah. Things to clean up, something that happens. Competing priorities. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, a lot. And then let's take this into the home. Yes. Uh, or do we spend time cleaning up messes? Yeah. It's yeah. Hard, hard to have a meal without having something Some kind of a up. mess. Yeah. Exactly. Right. You get up in the morning or you got oh, to have your bed. Do you have any pets in your home? <laughs> there may be a mess associated <laughs> with that. There will be a mess or two with pets. Yeah. So should we really go to the effort to be proactive with pictures for our life and the world and then act upon them? So sometimes cleaning up things, cleaning up messes before we start, taking proactive action actually helps us get clarity that makes our action clearer and more effective. It can also be a delaying or a deferring tactic, so be careful there. We can use it to avoid getting proactive on creating our own pictures and taking action on them. So, messes can propel us forward, or they can be a delaying action. They can get in the way of future progress. Yeah, it seems like we're saying there that we just need to be aware, and we'll talk a lot about just being aware of mess, and, and what kind of mess is it that we're dealing with. And is it a mess that's giving us clarity, as you said, Lee, mm-hmm. or is it as we clean it up and fix it? Or is it a mess that we are using as an excuse to not really create our pictures and move forward? Well, I can't do that because I got this mess, mess to clean up. I can't do something on that until then. Yeah, absolutely. So can we really make a difference in our own lives and in the world? Well, Dave and I would say absolutely. A single person can absolutely make a difference. 
and we each have gifts and talents that make each of us that one person. Now, we're going to talk a little bit further about that in our next podcast. A little, a little teaser there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, should we just wait for things to happen to us or to the world, and then we just react to whatever happens in the best way that we can? That is, if it's worth our effort. Hmm. Well, I guess we could wait until the world stops being messy. That's going to be a long wait. It's going to be a long time. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Right. So we would say, you know, we need to go ahead and create our own pictures and take action to move them forward amidst a messy, messy world. Yes. Yeah. So does everybody know in our present day, the whack-a-mole game, those of you in the future that are listening may be going, what in the world is whack-a-mole? Trust us. It was great fun. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But there is a game called Whack-A-Mole that's a very common favorite in fairs and carnivals. It's one of my personal favorites, I know. Do we frequently live in what's really kind of a -a whack-a-mole lifestyle, Mm -hmm. you know, versus living our positive picture ideals and really trying to move them forward? Lee, I would say, yeah, we absolutely do. Yeah, Yeah, we we can live in that whack-a-mole universe where something pops up and we hit it down. The next thing pops up and now we try to hit that down. And so there's... Right, a new mess. A new problem. And there's no... That looks like progress, but it's not. Yeah. And, And in that game, for those of you that have not played it, these little moles pop up and you have a little soft hammer to try to knock them back down. Yes. And the game is all reaction. Yeah. It's just, there's no action. There's no strategy. There's no plan. Yeah. Yes. And you don't know what mole's going to jump up and you whack it. So, So what we're saying is that, yes, life is constantly throwing things at us, throwing mess at us. And it's telling us in in those actions that we have to drop our own dreams. We have to drop our own pictures. We have to react to all of these things. Mm -hmm. And we would say... Yeah, but where is that balance between proactivity toward our pictures, our dreams, what we believe, toward change versus reacting that's uh, necessary or sometimes maybe not really necessary in our own lives? Yes. So what's the difference in how we feel when we live in that whack-a-mole mode versus living our positive picture-based ideals, no matter what happens to us and in the world? I think uh, to some degree over time, we can feel like if, we, if it's just constant reaction that we're kind of losing our best and truest selves. If our life just feels like this constant pattern of react, react, react. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Whack-a-mole is fun for a few minutes. Whew. And then it but stops being fun. Then it stops being fun. <laughs> and in our lives, it becomes very exhausting. We lose our true selves when all we do is live a reactive life. Yep. Yep. So is it really possible to live our ideals no matter what happens to us and no matter what is happening in the rest of the world? What do we have to do in order to be that consistent in living our ideals? So getting up out of the mess and living our own ideals on a consistent basis. Well, we would suggest keep it simple. Let a handful of ideals inform our actions and our decisions. Yeah, we've talked about how the simple to complex to simple, if you joined us for the first podcasts of this season, and a lot of times when that mess is happening or it feels like you're in a little bit of a whack-a-mole day or something like that, to remember that simplicity, that pulling out, it's like, well, what? yeah, but 
through all of these things I'm having to do, what, what really is important? Yes. What am I really trying to do? Yeah. And that can affect how you do the reaction mm -hmm. to all of these things, mm -hmm. which is a good thing. And it can also help kind of pull you out of that and say, you know, maybe I don't need to react to, to this everything. and this and this, and maybe I actually can create some time to just work on the things that are going to move life forward in the way that I would like to have it move. So when do we show perseverance and stick with our pictures as they are? Do we just continue to live life toward our pictures regardless of the results we're getting? What are the circumstances when we might amend our pictures? Yeah, a lot of these reactive things that we have to do can cause us to question our pictures, right? And so we can sit there and go, gosh, I'm having to do this and this and this and this. You know, I was, I was aspiring to create this kind of picture or try to move my life or my piece of the world forward. Maybe I just shouldn't bother doing that. Right. Maybe I shouldn't. It's, as, as we've said before, it's always okay to go back and look at whether your picture ought to get tweaked or not. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't surrender. Yeah. yeah, you just don't want to surrender your picture because of whack-a-mole yeah, kind of activity. Yeah. And uh, so just going through that assessment of saying, is this something where that really needs to change or not, is an important thing to go do. Okay, so when do we feel like we are banging our head against the wall, as we're kind of describing here, because the results of our efforts aren't meeting our expectations, or we're distracted with all of these things? And... When do we feel like we're joyfully continuing to live inspired by our pictures, even if we don't have a lot of immediate or obvious short-term results to show for our efforts? Now, I think that's important. Let's elaborate that on a moment, right? You might have a very clear, powerful picture in mind, and circumstances, and moles pop up, mess pops up, and you go, no, that doesn't do anything to detract me from taking my picture. Can I get there immediately? Can I get there tomorrow? And we're all wired to want short-term success, right? But I think what we're suggesting is it may not always happen on the timetable that we wish, but mm. persevere. Yeah. And lots of times, Lee, I think when we're moving our pictures forward and taking actions, we have to be aware that the impacts of things we're doing aren't always visible, right? So if we're trying to do something where we're helping people or trying to help solve a problem or we have a very positive set of things we're doing, we're not going to get that short-term mm -hmm. immediate impact all the time. We have to have an element of trust mm -hmm. in this, that the actions we're doing that are ideal-based and pictures-based are going to make things better. And the effects of that aren't always going to be visible to yeah. us. Not, not visible, not immediate. Right, right. So, is life messy? A lot of time, yeah. What does it mean if it feels like we're just trying to make all of this a better or higher order mess? <laughs> Is it worth the effort to make all of this smudge, a smidge, less messy. One of the, the things there is there's a, a balance to try to strike for all of us between things you know that we do that are kind of cleaning up a mess that add clarity to what we're doing versus uh, gee, I just really like just cleaning stuff up over and over again, and it's repeat stuff, and it's not really taking my pictures forward. What, what, yeah. you know, where's the balance in that? I have seen some very interesting neuroscience, brain science research conducted by two, I would argue, reputable, legitimate institutions, Harvard and MIT. 
And they've been conducting the following tests for some years now. They put individual test respondents in a very clean, well-organized environment and have them do a variety of problem-solving activities. Then they take the same respondents and put them in a horribly cluttered, noisy, messy environment and have them work on different problems. Guess what the difference between the well-organized, uncluttered minds can do versus those who are distracted? Mm. It's about 25 to 40%. We get a little bit dumber, if I may use that term, (laughs) unable to do basic problem-solving skills and activities in a cluttered environment. Mm. So clutter and mess... We probably don't really give it the credit that it's due. It has a profound impact on how our brains function. Yeah, so we do have to ask those questions that are both uh, reactive as things are coming at us and there's things to clean up. And then also there can be mess related to proactive things Absolutely. that we go do. Oh, yes. let's, let's throw that yeah. Little, little factor in, yeah. into so, the... Well, okay, well, so we would posit that life is always messy, but as Dave just stated... There is such a thing, in our view, as constructive and future-building mess, right? Hey, sometimes you got to break a couple of eggs to make a delicious omelet, right? So sometimes we have to break old thought patterns and systems and ways of being in order to get to a new better. We absolutely recognize that. In our view, that is an appropriate way to create a mess. Then we've talked about how there is a destructive, negative, future-fearing kind of mess, Well, they're both messes, they're both messy, but completely different in every other respect. Yeah, haven't we had uh, that situation come up in all sorts of venues? It may be in in family or with friends or at work or with some social thing that you're doing where you have a picture and you're trying to take it forward and you enlist other people in that and then you start that journey of change and it's messy. Mm Mm-hmm new mess gets created mm-hmm. and there's usually some point where team members may look at each other and kind of go, well, wait a minute, this is messy. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, to, to exactly what Lee's saying, when you're constructing and when you're moving forward on a picture, there is going to be new mess. If you want to call it that, that gets created. That's good mess. That's good mess. Yep. That's good mess. Yeah. So what is being perfect or acting perfectly? Well, Would we say that's even possible as we live in such a messy world? But I think if we keep our eyes on the following prize, it is good to advance our pictures. And that is, ask ourselves, am I aiming for good or am I aiming for perfect? Aim for perfect, perhaps, but be happy with good. In other words, don't sit and wait for the perfect plan. There's a saying I like very, very much in business, which is, do not let perfect be the enemy of good. Yeah. Sometimes we just paralyze ourselves waiting for the perfect moment, the opportunity, the perfect plan, which never develops. Just go do something good. And if we really reflect on that, sometimes when we are searching for that perfect thing, it's a delaying tactic. Yes. It's a, it's a stalling tactic to go take those first steps. And sometimes it's a stalling tactic because we know, ah, oh, I'm going to go on this journey or take a team on the journey or a family on the journey. And it's going to be messy and mm-hmm. people may not like the new mess. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, but go ahead and do it. Yes. We may not have the capability to act or behave perfectly, but should we try? This is this is kind of a conundrum here. Yeah, we should try, but we should be satisfied with good. So so words can be tricky and Lee and I are playing <laughs> here with the words perfect and good. Yes. And I think what we're saying is uh, maybe one way to say it is from an ideal perspective, I would go, yeah, you're always trying to 
live out your ideals perfectly. You're always trying to apply them perfectly. Understand that the effect of that is not going to be perfect. You know, it just won't. And we won't be perfect in how we do it, and the effect won't be perfect. But if it's good, that's great. Do it anyway. (laughs) Do it anyway. If good seems like the likely result, please proceed. Don't wait for perfect, the perfect opportunity. So is acting and behaving perfectly really, in fact, doing no direct or indirect harm to other people, to our world, and doing as much benefit as we can to other people and to our world. And we would say, yeah, if we, if we try to perfectly live our ideals, understanding that they won't play out that way, but we live our pictures and try to make them happen, if we all did that, it would be as close to a perfect world, I guess you would say, as, as, we've as we can imagine. Yes. Yeah. So assessing whether we are perfect should never be about judgments of one's personhood or our own personhood, our own beautiful uniqueness, but instead should be an assessment of our actions and behaviors. So let's think about that. Let's don't judge and assess who we are, but let's think about and maybe judge our actions and behaviors, the outward manifestation of our beliefs. So always keep your intent good. If we act and behave with a purely good intent, the results should reflect just fine on our personhood. But we have to be honest with ourselves about our intent. Is our intent unselfish or possibly is it selfish? Is our intent based on love or is it based on fear? When our conscience and our conscious mind reminds us to try to take perfect actions, should we listen to them? Or should we ignore those excuses that suggest our efforts can't make a difference and just do our best by acting on our pictures and our ideals? We'd say the latter. Yeah, we would absolutely say the latter. And Lee, I think there is, through all of these scenarios that are popping up in our minds and that are probably popping up in our listeners' minds, there is the opportunity for judgment every step along the way. It's judgment of ourselves, judgment of other people. And I think one of the key things that we're saying here is try to set that judgment aside. We're talking about behaviors, intent. There is the classic assume good intent mm-hmm. and understand that, you know, one person's mess is not another person's mess. Yes. And, and you know, whether that's in a job setting or at home or how people view the globe. And so we have to talk through all of that when we're working with other people on something like that and then try to figure out together how we move forward. Mm -hmm. So on this notion of perfect, when we inevitably make a mistake, we'll call it, should we just recognize it and own it, learn from it, and then decide right then to do better? How much energy should we give to analyzing and then reliving our mistakes? That's always fun. Reliving our mistakes. How much energy do we spend (laughs) doing that? Just cycling it over and over. And we would certainly say, yeah, we should own it. And we should learn from it and then just decide to do better. But we need to learn from the past, live in the present, and then look to the future. And so with all of this, you know, our perspective would be that we don't have to always be kind, but we should always try. We don't always have to actually be of help, but we should always try. We don't always have to love perfectly, but we should always try. If we all try all of these out there pictures that we've been talking about, can easily happen in time, and they will. Mm-hmm. They really can, even though they haven't happened, happened yet. yet. Yeah. So the key is for us to try for perfect 100% of the time, not to succeed at it 100% of the time, and then harshly judge ourselves. We do have to, though, be truthful with ourselves about how hard we're trying. 
and assess, gee, am I really giving my whole head and heart to this? Is it 10% of me, 20%, 50, 100? What is it? Yes. Yeah. So not always trying because we can't always succeed. We think is missing the whole impact of our individual and collective power to love and create the world of our dreams, to create the world of our pictures fully realized. What about all of the people who came before us, who tried to make their pictures happen? If the pictures never came true during their lifetime, do we think they regretted making the effort? We don't think so. We have made all the progress that we've made because people created pictures and acted on them, even knowing that their pictures would not become fully real in their own lifetimes. This, I think, is now so think important. about that gift to the future. Yeah, right. absolutely. And we can look at issues today, and we've talked previously about world hunger or poverty, yes. you know, whether it's in our country or globally. If we had a filter that said, well, yeah, no, I'd love to try to help solve that, but I just don't think that's going to happen in my lifetime. I'm not going to see it. So I'm not, not going to do, do it. it. It's like, come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really? Right. So, okay, so here we are at that segment we love, talking to the future generations. Hello, hey guys. future, future, hello, hello, future, hello. future. How y'all doing? And so we are chatting with you as you're looking back at us through this podcast in a bottle. And we're talking about, uh, you know, again, action that we take or reaction that we take. And, you know, how do we expect that you all got all of this to a different place? We think you all have all of this uh, well under control, mm -hmm. I will call it. Yes. You have a great balance. You know, how have you done that? And we would say there's all sorts of things here. You have uh, managed to get clarity on clutter, clarity on mess, as Lee described earlier. We assume that there's still mess in the future. Yeah. Because there has been throughout human history. Yeah. But we think maybe you figured out a way to get clarity through that mess. Yeah. To look at constructive messes versus destructive messes. Yeah. You right? all are good mess managers. <laughs> good mess managers. Absolutely. Yeah. We also would assume that in the future, you've kind of separated that intent from results thing in your mind. So yes. you've always tried your best, whether the results followed or not. Yeah, and you have an ability to not get distracted by the new mess that comes in. Incoming, incoming. You all know how to manage that. And it's like, okay. So with Calm, you're able to look at these new things that come up and you're able to do a quick assessment of, okay, what does this change? Is this something that I need to go address now? Can it be addressed later? To what degree do I put this in the queue of actions for me to take or for our society to take relative to the proactive things that we're mm -hmm. trying to do to change the world mm -hmm. or change our lives? And you all manage all of that better, and you do it through the lens of ideals. Yes. And you're able to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, so you're able to assess the mess. Mm -hmm. Manage the mess. Manage the mess. You're able to accept the mess. Sometimes when the incoming thing happens and a new thing happens, we spend a lot of time, no, 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 it's not there. Mm -hmm. You accept it. If it's something that's real, it's going to have to be dealt with. You accept it. And we would all say we all need to bless this mess. There, aren't there some little signs <laughs> or something you can get in curio an, shops? An embroidery or something somewhere that <laughs> says that. Bless this mess. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's close this first of our two-part mini-series with a quotation we've used in the past because we love it so from Mary Beth Evans, who states, It is never too late 
to be what you might have been. Never too late to be what you might have been. So we ask, what are your pictures, your perspectives? What are your ideals and what is your influence to use? Thanks again, and we look forward to talking to you next time. Take care. Thanks for joining us today. As always, feel free to explore more about Pictures Out There at picturesoutthere.com and major social media sites. We hope you have the day of your dreams, the day of your pictures.